eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. You're listening to the Major Pod Network, the only place where your favorite toy store, bar, arcade, and arena are all on the same block. Scratch that major itch. It's the Major Wrestling Figures Podcast. Time to start the show. Talking figs and collectibles. Here we are. Let's go. Cardone is here to buy everything. Minimum Brian's thinking what to say. Smart Mark is ready to f- the show. It's time to talk. Let's go. Welcome to the Major Rewind, the only podcast that takes some of the best ultimate classic and defining moments from the major wrestling figure podcast rich history and i put it together in a neat little package for new and old major marks to enjoy hey what's what's going on everybody it's your boy jay george here the host of the major rewind and i wanted to do something special a uh, bit of a bonus episode, if you will. Usually, the Major Rewind comes out every two weeks, every other week, however you want to. I guess it's kind of the same. But uh, I'm coming up. I believe I've either passed it or this is probably it. The Right around this episode would be the one-year anniversary uh, of the Major Rewind. And uh, I've been kind of reflecting on it the past year, how... This show came about, the chances that I took on it, uh, the chances that uh, the Major Pod took on me to uh, host this thing, and the fact that it's been a year now, uh, it's wild. It's wild to think. It feels like almost a lifetime ago that I came up with this concept for the Major Pod. And, you know, truth be told, this wasn't, you know, wasn't a hard idea for me to come up with. It was something that. I had already been listening through uh, other podcasts. And it's like Broski always says, you can never have enough content. And a lot of the podcasts that I've been listening to, I noticed they would either straight up release older episodes or do, uh, you know, something similar to the Rewind or or do a, a deal where they put out like their, their best bits. And I thought to myself, well... Major Pod's kind of perfect for this. They have all these inside jokes, and they already were building up a back catalog of, I think, I believe it was like four years at the time, uh, right? My math's always off with this. Dane's always like a, a whirlwind. Um, but the podcast started in 2018, 
and I had came to the idea with him at 2022. So that's at least four years of back, you know, of back content that newer listeners may not have had listened to yet, right? Obviously, there's all these jokes on the show, the inside jokes. And I'll never forget, I was on vacation visiting my parents um, in Puerto Rico. And I remember I was on, I was in the airplane when I had this this idea and then I immediately started figuring it out, the logistics of it, how I would format it. I remember writing out the pitch, downloading the clips, and as soon as I got to my room at, at my parents' place there, I recorded it like the like I kind of put together the pilot episode. And it was wasn't the pilot episode that would end up going up on, on the main feed. It was it was um because I was on vacation, I had to like record it on a crappy headset and I just wanted to do it and get it out there. And when I pitched it to Broski, I wanted to have the actual, you know, proof of concept in hand. Like, here's what it's what it's going to sound like. You know, I remember that was the first thing him and Mark said, oh, you got to have a better microphone. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like, I had just recorded this. Obviously, I'm going to re-record this, but... My thing is a hard lesson I've learned in life throughout the years. If you if you have something that you think is a good idea, if you think it's a great idea, guess what? If it's a really good idea, chances are someone is eventually going to come up with that same idea. So when you got that great idea, don't just let it be an idea that stays in your head. You have to execute. And I and I had this like fear that like eventually either someone was else was going to come up to Matt with it or Matt was going to come up with it himself or, or, or Mark was going to suggest it. And I knew this was too good of a concept to fail. And like I said, I already knew it worked based on other podcasts that I'd been listening to. So I put my plan to action. I executed it. And here we are a year later, uh, the major rewind does apparently good numbers i don't know the exact numbers i just know that it does well enough that it's still on it's still on the air it's still in the feed and that's a big thanks to all the major marks and as a thank you and also more as a way for i think you guys to get to know me a little bit better beyond the the vlogs and what you see on fwf or when i appear on boozing or here there elsewhere um, I kind of wanted to bring all you guys in more into who I am and how I got involved with the major pod before the rewind was even a thought. Clearly, as the basis of what the major pod is all about, uh, wrestling figures have always been a big part of my life. I remember the the one of the first ever toys that I had in my collection was the San Francisco Toymaker, Galoob, Vader, that thick rubbery. And I didn't even know what wrestling really was at the time. I wasn't like watching wrestling. And I mean, that's a whole other uh, story there too, was the way wrestling was kind of treated in my household and my fascination with it. You know, it was kind of this thing that was always, it always felt like it was kind of like taken away. I wasn't allowed to like it or allowed to get sucked into it. Um, I wasn't always allowed to watch it. I would have to sneak it or 
I'd have to stop watching it at a certain time to go to sleep, obviously. You know, Raw ending at 11 is pretty close to bedtime when you're a young kid. And when I started kind of real discovering and watching wrestling, I had no real concept of, like, a TV schedule of, like, I didn't realize that, like, Monday Nitro and, and Raw would air every Monday at 8 o'clock. In my head, it was just like, oh, it, it just you just turn the TV on and then whatever's there is there. I didn't realize yet you could come back to it. You have to come back to it at a certain schedule. So um, once I, I, I got really into the swing of it, of like watching wrestling every week and like really being a fan of it, um, you know, one Christmas, I'll never forget, it kind of made it easy for my mom to go shopping for me. And I remember I got the, the Nitro ring um, that I think it was, uh, the one that had like this, the, the stairs molded onto it. And I got like the, a, a maximum sweat, uh, the Paul White, I think it was. And I would start, you know, build slowly building my collection through, uh, uh, you know, the bone crunchers. Um, but like I said, like, it wasn't always like, uh, I wasn't always like if I saw a figure at the store and I said, hey, mom, dad, could you get me this? A lot of times it was a no. And I would have to get creative with how I acquired my wrestling figures. And a lot of that was through saving up my lunch money and scrounging up any bit of change that I could get because it was never going to be a guaranteed that if I asked, it would be, it'd be so rare that I would find a figure at a store and I'd be like, oh, hey, mom, dad, can I get this? And they would say yes. So I would have to get creative. And I remember the toy store in the town that I lived at had like a layaway plan. And at the time I was trying to buy the Jack's hardcore ring, the one that comes with the little slit un underneath that you could put all the accessories underneath. And I remember... I would go every week, I'd give a couple bucks here, a couple bucks here, and eventually, I didn't even get the full amount, but the guy was just like, ah, screw it, you paid enough, here, you can just have it. He just he just wanted to get rid of me. Um, and I remember also, like, I would have friends that, that would be more blessed in that sense, their parents would just get them all the figures, and eventually they, like, grew out of, out of wrestling, they weren't as into it as I was, so I would kind of get... Uh, those figures handed down to me, which was, you know, very fortunate for me because I was able to build a decent enough collection so that I could start having my, my fig fed. Um, you know, so obviously wrestling figures have always been a big part of my, uh, my life. And even going into, in through to, uh, to high school, when I first got my first summer job, I remember the first paycheck that I got because, you know, I'm in high school. I don't have any bills. I don't have any anything I really need to buy. I had my first paycheck, and the first thing that I bought was the uh, Series 1 and 2 of the the TNA Marvel set. I was so excited for those figures to come out. Uh, it was a Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, Raven, Jeff Jarrett, Shark Boy, Christopher Daniels. I remember being so stoked, and it was a... A point of pride for me because I was like, these are now like, th this is mine. Like, I worked for this and I paid for it and they're mine and nobody could take it away from me. 
because that was a big part of like whenever I would get in trouble, you know, throughout my my school career, and I got in trouble a lot for a lot of dumb things. That was like the easiest way to punish me was, you know, don't don't just send me to my room, but take those wrestling figures away. And I had to watch a lot of, uh, a lot of my collection get destroyed because that was the way that I would get uh, reprimanded, so to say, for for my actions. Um, so when I first, you know, when I was starting to make my own money and I was starting to really get, that was a big thing of like, these are mine now. There's, you know, you can't just like destroy them. This is something that belongs to me. And then you fast forward through high school into college. Um, that was the first time I tried to become a professional wrestler. That was the, my first attempt. And the problem was, I was very immature at the time. I was not in the best physical shape. Um, I wasn't always, I was always involved in sports. I, I was on the wrestling team since I was 10 years old, but I was never the most athletically gifted, uh, so to say. And it was tough that first go around. And I didn't even have a license at the time. I had to take two buses to training. And the school that I was going to at the time wasn't the greatest as far as the trainers and uh yeah it was it was the timing just wasn't right and wrestling took a back seat as I I went through my college career kind of focused on finishing college and then during that time is when Matt started doing uh you know he starts getting his run as a Zack Ryder and he's doing the Z True Long Island story. And immediately I was, uh, I, I jumped up, I was on board. Um, you know, something about it spoke to me. It was really relatable. And it definitely inspired me to keep putting out content. Even though it was funny, even though I wasn't a wrestler or I wasn't training, I would always like, on my YouTube channels, putting out like promos or any sort of type of weird videos. But that was definitely in a lot of ways, like uh, something that kind of like, like I said, it really did speak to me. And, you know, I was a, f a big fan of, of both Matt and Brian during that time, because they were, they were both like these underdogs that like, and you kind of knew a little bit that they were like into figures and stuff. So there was like, that relatability, you know, they were like one of us, and I, you know, it was always I. I remember being on wrestling figs, and th those two guys, like the, they were our guys. I remember watching superstars at the time just to see uh, this awesome series of matches uh, Brian was having with Trent Beretta, and being like, man, this guy should be on the main roster. He's so good, and and then Zach was killing it with with his YouTube show. Um. I even went, I remember going to Survivor Series that year. I had the, I had the take care, spike your hair shirt. I had the headband. I was all in. And then in 2012, I went to this New Japan show that they were doing like a tour in the U.S. They were doing, it was, and this is before New Japan was as big as it is now where they have New Japan Strong and they have all this, they have a much uh, bigger global impact now, but at the time, they were just doing these smaller tours, and it was uh, a show at the at the Raw Wave Rec Center, 
And I remember being so excited because I, I was a hardcore fan. I was like, oh, man, I get to see all the New Japan guys. And I remember sitting down in the front row. And this guy sits, these two guys sit next to me. They introduce themselves. They're really nice. And we ended up becoming friends. And then, you know, a couple months later, I see this kid who was sitting next to me at this show. All of a sudden, he's like in a wrestling ring. And we had spoken about like wanting to become wrestlers and all this stuff. Because I still had that itch. It was still inside of me. As much as it was pushed to the back burner, that flame just kept getting reignited. And I remember seeing him in a wrestling ring, and I was like, how'd you do that? How'd you, what, like, what, how, when did this happen? And, you know, he told me where he was training, and, you know, I I emailed the, the promotion, and I told him I was looking into training and maybe doing some video work for them. Um, and then it was like, well, we, you know, it was like, oh, you want to do video work, or do you want to be a wrestler? I mean, we have a wrestling school. And I just said, all right, I just started training. <laughs> I just started training, and that began my, you know, my journey into becoming a professional wrestler. And through those years, starting out, I remember 2015, meeting a bunch of kids from this new school called Creative Pro, and a lot of these guys kind of had, uh, they already had some sort of like buzz to them. It was not buzz. I don't know. It was weird. It was like there was a notoriety to them because. They were creative pro students, and because it was a you know Brian Myers was running the school, it kind of had it gave them a little something to them because like you know a lot of schools in the New York New Jersey area, especially at that time, weren't like the most credible you know they weren't even the most credible schools like unless you went to maybe or the Monster Factory which was uh, two hundred miles down south. You know, people like, you know, you you work with what you had available to you. Like, you know, my trainers weren't people that made it, that were on TV for all these years, that were former tag team champions. So if you were from Creative Pro, you had a little something to you. There was a little extra, uh, I don't know how to say, a little je ne sais quoi, so to say. Um, but I remember getting along with all of them, especially Mark Sterling. And throughout the years, you know, we had similar sense of humor. We always cracked each other up at shows. Um, and we were, I think we, we met at Blitzkrieg Pro, a promotion out in in upper Connecticut, Massachusetts area. And I remember getting along great with these guys. And then I would wrestle uh, MJF at these like shindy shows in front of nobody um and and then i eventually meet max caster and so i i had kind of a rapport with these guys from the from the jump and it's one of those things too where i think about like imagine if i had been like a dick to the like if i had been a total asshole to mark sterling and we did not like each other like you would not be hearing this right now you know that's that's how much of a butterfly effect it is so me and mark first meet 2015 and you know, like we're up and down on the roads with each other. And then 2018, I'll never forget this day, because especially for a lot of reasons. It was the weekend, it was SummerSlam weekend of 2018. And it was the first time that I would ever done extra work. And of course, I'm in there and it's a bunch of the Creative Pro guys. It's it's Mark 
Alex Reynolds, uh, CPAs there, the whole you know bunch of the bunch of the fellas. So it made me feel a little bit at ease because they had done this a bunch of times by this point. This was my first time ever doing this, so it was it wasn't an overwhelming experience, but it was definitely you got to know how to act and how to navigate yourself through this weird world, especially when you're backstage at a WWE event and then you're just like an extra and it's like you got to you got to act a certain way otherwise it's not going to be so good for you. And I'll never forget it was the Monday of that loop cuz it was 4 days you were uh, at the Barclays Center. Smack I think it was no, SmackDown was still being taped on Tuesday. It was NXT Saturday, SummerSlam Sunday, Monday Night Raw, uh, and then Tuesday they taped SmackDown. So we were there for four days. And on when they were doing Raw, I remember Brian and Matt pulling Mark aside. And me and Nick were just looking at him. And they pulled him off to the conversation, a little, side com- a little sidebar. And Mark comes back. He's like, ooh. Yeah, uh, Matt and Brian are going to, they're starting a podcast and they want me to produce it. And he looks over at Nick, who he had a a CPA, who he had a a podcast with at the time, Off the Hop Rope. And he goes, and guess what? They're going to let us play a commercial for Off the Hop Rope on it. That was like his big point of pride of it. And, you know, who would have thought that from that conversation that all of this would end up happening, right? And... I was, uh, I just, I'm just watching at this point, you know, I'm just this, I'm just a a spectator to all of this, you know, because I'm not involved with anything at this point, you know, Matt, Matt and Brian don't know me from a hole in the wall. And it's funny enough, there is a story where I did try to talk to Matt at catering and it didn't, it didn't go so well. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to have a conversation with some random extra that he just met. Understandable. Um, so then that I I look back at that moment like it's wild like I got to see the start of this like amazing podcast that grew on to be this huge and and I was there I was there for the very start of it literally the very beginning of it I got to like witness it you know and that's it's it might be dumb to some people but to me it's like a cool little moment in time that I got to like see because like I I, I look back at it now and it's just like whoa I was there for that. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. It go down. It go down in the field. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly 
brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. And then as the podcast starts and things are going well for them, um, again, I'm just like kind of spectating. Of course, I'm listening. You know, these two guys that I was a big fan of all these years ago, talking about wrestling figures, my favorite thing in the world. Obviously, I was still collecting at that time. Um, so that was like cool, like to, to, to listen. And then all of a sudden, you know, there, there starts, you know, things start kind of happening pretty fast. Um, that was the summer of 2018. And then, uh, the, at the start of 2019, I had my first like international, well, not my first, but I had my like first real big international excursion where I got to go train in Germany at WXW, which was a school ran by Timothy Thatcher and Walter, who's now known as Gunther on SmackDown. And, um, I pretty much spent most of that year abroad. And then when I came back to the States, I was, uh, I had trained in, in Germany. And then I went to, I wrestled in China for a little bit. And when I came back to the States, I didn't really have anywhere to go as far as wrestling training, as far as going to wrestling school, the place that I had originally started at in 2013, um, you know, things had ended there and it was time to move on. And I had made 2019, um, that year about expanding as far wide as possible, which is why I went to Germany, why I went to China. I wanted to get out there and learn as much as possible from as many different avenues as, as I could get to. And when I came back, I was kind of without a home. And as the clock starts ticking, 2019 is turning into 2020, I see the 2019 holiday toy drive, and it looked like the coolest thing. A lot of, uh, I had a lot of FOMO watching that event and hearing about it being built up on the podcast, thinking, man, I really missed out on something special. I really missed out on something cool. And I I started seeing people I knew had left uh, other places they were at and going to Create a Pro because it was the right move for them. It was, it was the right move for any professional wrestler. And you start seeing the success of people coming from the school. And then, you know, I had a lot of friends at Creative Pro. So it started becoming more and more of a possibility that I think I'm going to have to join the school. And as 2019 turned into 2020, I did it. I bit the bullet. I signed up. And, you know, I, I had a lot of help in bridging that gap thanks to guys like Mark and Max Caster being there and kind of, Mark was kind of the guy, once again, who kind of, like, confirmed that this was the right move, and he was super supportive and gave me, you know, everything I needed to know about getting in there and starting off. And 
it ended up being one of the best things to ever happen to me as far as my wrestling career, just outside of being involved with the podcast. And as far as the training went, you know, things were progressing throughout 2020. I started finding myself as a performer and um, I was still in the process of getting to know Brian. But of course, because of the circumstances we were in, you know, a lot of that was really spread out throughout the year. And it took time because of the circumstances we were in with the pandemic. It definitely took a while to get things going. Live events weren't even a thought during that time, as you could imagine. But then as we moved forward to 2021, the world is slowly opening back up. And all of a sudden, there are rumblings. FWF1 is in the works. They start talking about it on the pod. And I wasn't entirely sure of what the concept of FWF1 was going to be exactly. And then they start doing the angles. They start promoting the matches. But everything, as far as the production of it, was really kept under wraps. You knew it was happening. You just didn't know when, at least from an outsider standpoint. Obviously, if you were booked on it, you would have known. And I was not booked on it. And... I didn't really know the timing of when to reach out. Uh, and I also, again, didn't really know Brian well enough. I obviously knew Mark well enough. Uh, he knew I listened to the potty. He, he had let me into the uh, Facebook group. But it wasn't, again, I didn't reach out. I just didn't know the timing of when to do it. And then it happens. It airs. And it seemed like the biggest thing in the world or <laughs> the biggest thing in the wrestling figure world. Or the biggest thing in the wrestling figure podcast world. However you want to describe it. It just seemed, again, like something really rad. Something really cool. And I missed out. And I'm not going to lie. like It kind of like sucked to watch it kind of go down while I sat on the other side of it. And especially seeing people. And nothing against any of these guys. Because they're all great people. But... It did suck knowing that a lot of guys on there wouldn't be able to tell a basic from an elite that were on this show, on on the FWF. It's that same feeling the guys get when they see like Sam Roberts or someone who doesn't know anything about figures on the elite squad. It was that same feeling if I could like best encapsulate it and describe it. And I knew at that point, like, there was, I had to get involved some way. I just knew creatively there was a lot of things that I could do with the Major Pod. And there was a lot of cool things I could do at FWF. And I, at this point, knew that it was something I had to make happen. So the timeline gets a little, it becomes a bit of a whirlwind from here. Because there's a lot of things that sort of happened at once. And I kind of leave it all to three key events or let's call them major events that led me into joining the major pod family. One of them was the, the live show at Jimmy seafood. It was, I think one of the first shows back from, you know, the lockdown. And as I said, things were opening up in 2021. And I, I remember I asked Mark if it was cool if I come and I film the show. I just offered my services. He said it was cool. I had my equipment. I hopped in the car with Max Caster and CPA. We drove down to Maryland and I filmed the whole day. I did the behind the scenes. 
it was a wild day. It was my first time being at a live show at all and seeing all the moving pieces that went into it. It was also during the height of the Matt Cardona, Nick Gage feud. So There's still something extra in the air uh, that weekend. Um, it was a crazy day. I remember I was filming the when Nick Gage invaded the live show. It was definitely a good first step into getting involved with the major pod. And then Boozing With The Toys happens. Now, I believe I'd done at least one. I had appeared on one of the Boozins before this. I remember showing off my customs. And at that time, Matt thought I was George Feast, which would end up becoming like a bit of a recurring joke uh, throughout my tenure at the major pod. But at that time... Yeah, Matt still didn't really even know who I was. I think Brian obviously knew I'd been training that cap, and that's as far as it went. So now we fast forward to my what I think is my second appearance on Boozin. I had already done the live show, and right before they were ready to go on the air, I had sent Mark this huge message about why I wanted to be an FWF and if there was anything he could do. Because I knew deep down, as weird as it's, I just knew that I belonged there. And it was just a matter of getting in front of these guys and showing them, you know, my value and showing them that I was worth being a part of this amazing crew. So I get the invite to do Booze and Two. Mark sends me the link. And I wasn't expecting this. When I had sent Mark that message about, hey, can you get me to FWF, see if there's anything you could do, I didn't think he was going to pretty much say that out loud on boozing when I was on there. I was I forgot what I was even going to talk about. It's was probably showing off some more customs. And then Mark just blurted it out. Hey, uh, J. George wants to be involved with uh, FWF too. All of a sudden... I'm in the hot seat. Matt goes, all right, well, give me a pitch. Sell, sell me, you know, tell me why you want to be in it. And I start doing the fade. I start saying, oh, I got to, I've been collecting figures my whole life and this and that. And then Matt goes, I tell you what, this is what, what I want you to do. I want you to make a video calling out Slade, right? That's the, that was the big, the big bad at FWF, the badass Slade, the monster, I don't know if he's a monster, he's a maniac, a lunatic, but he wanted me to call out Slade, make a video calling him out. All right, fine, no problem. That week, I set out, I went to Cap, I had this whole thing planned out, me being a a, a director and my whole presentation being very much movie-based, I already knew I'm going to film a trailer, and the concept was going to be that Slade destroyed my entire figure collection. So I, I I grabbed a bin from my house. I have these bins. I have two bins filled with like random custom father parts like legs, heads, arms, everything. So I I, I went to, to Cap. I, I went into the locker room area and I laid out this like giant line of uh, wrestling figure parts. And then I, I, shot, I shot it all myself. And then I, I picked up uh, the, the, the parts and they were like falling through my fingers. And I was like, slide. 
and there were shots of, of Slade with a, a hammer and an a axe, like, kind of destroying shit, and, and I was like, you know, that was my call out. I made a, a movie trailer, essentially, for FWF2, J. George versus Slade, and I, I, I edited it together, I posted it in a group, Matt saw it, and I got the classic wow omg response from him and i was like all right well that's good that's that's something right and i think i I don't talk to him until the next boozing where oh and in between that there was also like it was like the first creative pro show with a live audience at the school since the pandemic and i even made a point to like get some heat on Slade and attack them after his match just to kind of keep it building and keep that thing going. And I remember I, I, I said it, you know, I sent all this out to Matt. I, I went on boozing at the next boozing and I told him, I was like, yeah, I, I attacked Slade and I'm ready to go. And I, I even made like another video too, where I like did a, a, a fake interview with him just to keep, Keep the I wanted to keep the interest high as as high as possible and show how much I was willing to put in into promoting this and and what I was willing to all the different things I was willing to do that other people on on the FWF weren't going to do and I remember saying that and Matt for some reason I guess he had other other plans in mind he goes I don't think we're gonna do you versus Slade I think we're gonna do. The J. George Open Challenge. And just like that, I had punched my ticket to FWF. And I was in, I was going to be involved with FWF2. The J. George Open Challenge had been a, had been officially set up. And that was a big, you know, point of pride for me. Because I did essentially what Matt and Brian were doing all these years ago. And I took a chance on myself. And I put myself out there. And it was starting to pay off. And then right around this time, uh, New York Comic Con is in town. And I that was the first time I got uh, an official, like, hey, come do this and come film. I, I th- I'm pretty sure it was even Matt had reached out. He said, hey, can you do you want to do New York Comic Con? Absolutely, I do. And that was like my first day really like on the job with the major pod crew. Like I had done that live show, but that was, you know, completely on my own volition. And that was just me putting myself out there and taking a chance on myself. I wasn't, like I said, I didn't have any expectations and nor did I get paid. I didn't even get to, you know, get like the, the free dinner on the, on Broski's tab on the major pod tab. That was all there. I was all there completely on my own because I knew I had to show my worth and I had to show my value. That's a lesson I've learned throughout my years in wrestling. And, you know, you apply it to anywhere you go in any form of business. And uh, New York Comic Con happens, which was a wild day. That was is it was just absolutely uh, it was very tiring. I was holding that camera up all day my hand was cramping filming the whole day but it was so cool we got another day of nba action and with FanDuel, every night is a watch party so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets so what's the move tonight gang you know that new customers who bet five dollars get two hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you win 
We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the field. Twenty-one plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. Ten dollars first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com/sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, you get to be a part of this amazing thing, but then you're also like... You know, there's a lot of little perks like, hey, I got to go to Comic-Con for free and we're sitting next to uh, Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross the whole day. And, you know, obviously, though, it's you're still working. I'm still working. It's a very, very much a professional mindset. And it was still great. And we got uh, dinner afterwards. We went to this cool, like, uh, cheeseburger place down the street from the Jacob Javits Center. But now... I, I felt like I was finally starting to get in the fold. Matt and Brian were starting to get to know me better. We were all kind of getting more acquainted here. And FWF 2 is just looming away now. It's in, it's in the weeds. It's coming up. And that happens. That was also taped similar to FWF 1 and the J. George Open Challenge. And this was, like, my chance. Now, like, they got to see me, like, what I was willing to do as a... a you know, as a videographer, as someone who's, you know, willing to do that end of things. But now they were getting to see me like in action. You know what I mean? They were getting to see me, uh, what I could bring to the table as a wrestler, as a performer. And now that tape setting for FWF2 and the way the open challenge was structured was perfect to show that how I incorporate my filmmaking side into my uh, wrestling. And I remember we even, I had to do a take two and we kept, I even said it as I did my promo. I said, take two. And I did the open challenge. And it was, uh, it was CPA, Max Caster, Steve Believe. And it was, like I said, the perfect setting to show off, you know, who J George, the wrestler is. And that was kind of the, the, the big trifecta, the boozing with the toys, that live show, FWF2. Now I'm like starting, I'm in there. I'm in the, the major pod family to some extent enough 
that I got asked to come film the holiday toy drive, which, again, going back to that first toy drive, I remember just, ah, man, I'm, I'm missing out on something here, aren't I? And now I got asked to do it. And I got to go see Ringside, uh, which for me, like, sort of like a dream come true, right? It's like going into the chocolate factory and just being amazed by all of the, just the, the mountain of, of boxes and figures everywhere. And seeing everything that went into the toy drive and filling up the trucks and the way they did it this time, this was, I think that this was the 2021 toy drive. We, we didn't do like a, a traditional show. It was just like, again, because things were still kind of weird with, with obviously with the pandemic and things were just still opening up even in December, 2021. And we did like a, it was like an autograph signing. So they had all the stars there and I was there. I filmed all of that. And around that time, cause I believe that toy drive was one of the first videos that I filmed, uh, that, that I'm sorry, one of the first videos that I edited as well. And I got to show that side of me on top of that. I could be mistaken. I forget exactly which one was the first one. I believe it might have even been like a random like uh, Gary Danrom or one of those like weird shows where it was like I got to edit and then kind of show again more of my personality and again just how what I could do that might be different from the way other people do things and the positives in that and that at that point now I'm really feeling more comfortable. I'm able to reach out to Matt more. I'm at Cap a lot more. I'm starting to get uh some good matches at Creator Pro and things are moving along pretty well. That's the toy drive is, you know, the end of 2021 and then we move into 2022. And like I said it goes now we're we're back full circle. I'm in the fold. Now I'm on a vacation. I'm visiting my parents in Puerto Rico, and that's when I get the idea. Broski always says you can't have enough more. You can't blah, 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 take a shot. Broski always says you can never have enough content, which is true. And I, I took that to heart, and I knew that this idea, this concept for the major rewind, was going to be a hit it, it just it was too good of an idea not to work for the major pod given the way their shows are and all the inside jokes and again this wasn't like some super original concept that i came up with on my own i i had heard it before but the 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 key in all of this is that you know in life you have to take risks you have to put yourself out there because you just never know you know we hear it a hundred times about you know, you, you miss all of the shots that you don't take and that, you know, uh, all that other, what else is there? You miss all the shots that you don't take. You never know unless you don't go, right? That's the all-star song. But it's true. All of that is true. And that's all stuff I think I also subconsciously got from all my years of watching Matt and Brian do that same thing of putting themselves out there, that story about them going into Vince's office, about, you know, WrestleMania, about the WrestleMania plans when they were in New York, and then how that part laid into them winning the tag titles in their backyard, which I remember being in attendance for. 
So, yeah, I don't know what the point of all this was. This was, again, <laughs> just to give you guys my backstory. I, it ended up being a little lot longer than I thought. But there it is. That is the origin of the Major Rewind and J. George in the Major Pod family. Because, again, I reflect back a year later from that time I was on vacation in Puerto Rico. Sending that text message to Matt to all of a sudden I'm in Orlando at the Airbnb with the rest of the crew. And I was one of the people that got to be part of this like exclusive Disney tour. Unreal. And it was all because, again, I believed in myself enough to put myself out there. And I knew, I had the confidence and I knew that... This was, you know, it was meant to be. It was, it was, it was the right fit. It was the perfect fit. And I got to tell you, Matt, Bri- Brian, Mark, those guys are the best bosses I've ever had. And working with them has been one of the most positive uh, changes in my life in recent years, and has led me down to some interesting avenues. Now I'm doing a a podcast for another wrestler, The Blade, a slice of cinema, which. You know, where he talks about movies and I didn't get I wouldn't have gotten that if it weren't for for Mark believing in me. Mark always believed in me. He always saw something in me. And even when we were nothing, you know, and that's the other thing, too. That was the other lesson I forgot, because I always think to myself, like, man, if I were a dick to Mark all those years ago, this would not you would not be hearing this right now. And it just goes to show like. That when people say that about like just being kind and be nice, especially in the, in these settings, because you never know, you know who who's gonna end up doing what. You never know who you're gonna see on the way down. You never know where these connections are gonna lead you. And a lot of the stuff I have in wrestling now are because of connections I made very early on into my career where I could have easily messed things up and lost all of that. And I'm I'm thankful that I've always I've always tried I always try to be good. I always try to t- treat people the way I like to be treated. And that goes a long way and I'm super thankful for all of you guys, all the major marks and that's another thing that like I never even thought would be a possibility that like guys like Joe Dumas would be making head sculpts of me and that I would be on some of this on the merch and on and some of these like real badass drawings that these guys you know the art pieces these guys get made it's insane it's unreal and it keeps on going you know things kept chugging along FWF2 worked out so well I got to be a part of FWF3 or I, I wrestled Nick Gage, and then I got to wrestle Ty Valkyrie, and then I got to wrestle Fandango, and that was because of, that could have easily gone awry, like, I could have easily shit the bed on FWF2, and that would have been it, but thankfully, I'd been going to create a pro and training my ass off, you know, and this is years of already being in wrestling, and when I went to create a pro in 2020, I, I started all over and I had already been doing this for a few years, but I had to, I had to do that. I had to start all over because that was like kind of the only option I had at that time. You know, that was, 
And that was that was a point of pride. And again, I reflect back because I'm not the first wrestler to do that. Brian did the same thing where, you know, he wasn't being used on TV for a while. So he started all over and he went back to FCW and and, and, and essentially put himself back in the, you know, in the starting line because he he knew that was he had to take that chance on himself. And that's in life, like sometimes you are going to get knocked down and start all over. I thought I was going to be wrestling overseas for the rest of my career. I thought I had kind of set a different path for me. Things didn't work out that way. And, you know, thankfully they didn't because obviously we saw what would happen as we entered 2020. I would have been screwed. And it worked out. And I and I attribute that again, having a, a good support system in guys like Mark Sterling, Max Caster, and and that would not have been possible. I had not been good to those guys when I first met them. So maybe that's the takeaway you take from all this. Be good to people. Be, be kind to others because you just never know where we're headed in life, whether it's up or down. And that's, that's it. That's all I have. I'm sorry I was... I don't know how many people are going to listen to this. If you guys listened to this far, I just wanted to share my story of how I I got into the major pod from very, very humbling, humbled, very from humbling, how I got involved with the major pod from very humbled beginnings. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.